who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, listeners. Editing Keegan here. I wanted to chime in at the top of this episode and just let you know that we were experiencing some sound issues in the first 15 minutes, mostly, of this episode. There appears to be what sounds like static that might come through periodically. I did my best to edit out as much of it as I could, but I wasn't able to edit all of it out. Feel free to skip the first 15 minutes in which we discuss Shikari Richardson, if that's something that really bothers you. We are working to get our recording set up where we want it to be in order to give you the best sound quality possible. In the meantime, please just bear with us. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. It sure is, Keegan. Hello. Hi. How are you? (laughs) Tired again, but you know what? I'm I'm feeling better now that I'm sitting. I've got some water. I've got some wine. I've got some Keegan. (laughs) It's all going to be good. (laughs) We're ready to get started. Yes, we are. How was your holiday? I went out on the third. Oh my gosh, this was the most unme thing ever. Like I haven't done this since I was probably like 23 years old. I went out with my friends, was there at closing time at the bar. Oh yeah. Got kicked like, you know, escorted out of the bar or whatever, like you got to go. And then we ordered a lift and it took an hour oh, to yeah. get there. Yeah. And it was like 2:30 in the morning. So we didn't get home until like 3:30 and then I was like wide awake. Yeah. Lyfts, there's like a um, limited number of drivers right now. Yeah, there yeah. was one driver, and mm-hmm. they were we were in North Hollywood, and they were at the Burbank Airport. And then we kept, like, my friends kept canceling other ones because they were taking so long. Oh, Lord. So then, like, eventually we just, like, sat on a curb yeah. and, like, waited it out. That happened to out. me on New Year's Eve... When I went, I went out to, like, a dance party on New Year's Eve. It was, like, a prom-themed yeah. dance party. Oh, yeah, party. yeah. And that th- that happened because it was New Year's Eve and there yeah. was, like, no drivers. And I'm in, like, the worst heels, like, 
five inch heels. Oh my, my feet gosh. feel like they're falling off in this giant fluffy pink dress. <laughs> and I'm just waiting on the curb. We were waiting for like an hour and a half. It yeah. was horrible. Yeah. And then I had to work a full shift the next day and I was fine for the first like four hours. And then the last four hours, I started to kind of feel my hangover kick in. It was really weird. Like I felt fine in the morning. I was like a little tired, of course, but I wasn't like feeling sick or anything. And then like halfway through my work day, I was like, oh my God. Oh, that's and the I'm, like, worst. on my feet the whole day too. So I'm like, you were Someone probably help. still drunk. Like, I feel like that's what happens to me when I wake up and I'm like, oh, I feel okay. And then, like, three hours later, I'm like, oh, no. I wasn't that drunk, though. By the time I got home, I felt pretty sober. We just smoked a joint, watched the Golden Girls, and at, like, 4.30, finally went to bed. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, thank you, listeners, for bearing with us and allowing us to have the weekend off. I think that we needed it, you know? Um, it was kind of just... Everything's been a whirlwind. We've been talking about, like, our work lives are crazy, our recording lives are crazy, and moving and everything else on top of uh, on top of it. That yeah. It was really nice to have a weekend off. But, of course, we know we want to provide you with your regularly scheduled programming as yeah. often as we can. Well, yeah, because we like doing this a hell of a lot more than we like doing a lot of other things in our lives, you know? Very so. true. All right, well... Let's get started with things in the news. What do you have today? Well, I have a feeling one of the things that we have will be the same thing, uh, and that is talking about Shikari Richardson. No, I don't have really? that, actually. No. Okay. I, like, I've been reading a lot about it, but that's not what I have my notes on today. Alrighty then. Well. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me. I would be happy to. So, <laughs> I think... Everybody, at least in the States, is pretty well aware of Shikari Richardson, even if you're not aware of this current situation. Her picture and, and you know, video of her running the 100 meter to get qualified to go to the Olympics went viral. She's yeah, just, and she's got such a unique look, too, where yes. I feel like she, her face sticks in your memory really, really easily because right. of that, too. Long eyelashes, like fiery red-orange hair. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she was fast. She so was fast. So fast. And another part of her story that I think stuck out to a lot of people was that her mother passed away just a week or so before yeah. the race. And after the race, she ran up the, um, up the bleachers to hug her grandmother, who was Aww. at the top of, of the bleachers. And also... Another thing about her story that I didn't know until I was doing prep for this was that when her mother passed away, she was actually informed of that by a reporter. Oh, no. So it's awful. Like, how, Do you know how her mom passed away? I don't. I don't. And Ugh. I also have heard her referred to as her biological mother, so I don't know if there's a... Like an adopted mother. Or, or some other kind of situation yeah. there. But regardless, Ugh. I mean crushing. Yeah, that's the thing that I hate is, like, when, you know, if law enforcement or anyone has some sort of information whenever it's, like, given out, like, a name or anything like that, it's, like, it's it's hurting the kids if that name gets out or family members who don't know what's going on. Right, you and, know? and, you know, a lot of reporters are doing incredible work. We obviously need journalists. We need yeah. to protect journalism. But then there are people who work in journalism who I feel like will do anything for a story. Yeah. Uh, will do anything to kind of elicit emotion out of people just so they can get some kind of soundbite or something. Yeah, and I think for as many good journalists there are out there, there's probably just as many that, like, don't have a code of ethics want the story, don't care if it's fact-checked, and they're just going to throw it out there, hope it sticks to the wall and people believe that, you know? Yeah, whatever they have to do to get their name out there, get that byline or whatever. Right. But that's awful. I can't imagine 
finding out something like that that way. Absolutely horrible. Um, so she was the favorite to win the gold for the 100-meter sprint at the upcoming Olympics until, gasp, <sighs> she tested positive for a marijuana at the end of last week. And this means that she will likely face a competition ban of some length. Uh, the sanction for a positive test can range from a max penalty of a two-year ban to a minimum of one month, depending on the, quote, nature of the infraction. Right. And I feel like, hopefully, with it being marijuana, it shouldn't be a maximum, you know, penalty. But... But... Because of who Shikari Richardson is... Well, you know, to me, it's so wild. I'm like, for as much as America loves winning, you'd think that they'd just be like, just look the other way. Well, did you see the chick that they want to bring on? Like the Mormon chick that's like, I want to be the face of like, drugs are bad. And like, they want her to go. I'm sure they've already brought her on then. Yeah. uh, Because she has been entirely kicked from the 100 meter. She will not run (sighs) the 100 meter. And she was slated to win the gold like yeah. that was most likely what was going to happen like, now. she's fast as fuck yes yeah, yeah like holy shit yeah um but thc for some dumb reason uh is banned by the world anti-doping agency during in competition periods a time frame that technically begins at 11 59 p.m the day before competition starts so under world anti-doping rules athletes are allowed to have up to 150 nanograms per millimeter of thc without causing a positive test so penalties are lowered in instances where the drug violation is not considered a performance enhancing drug which will likely be argued in richardson's case if she chooses to appeal that is what they're going to say because marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug no if anything it like people would argue to say it makes you lazier you know what i mean yeah i mean and also i know this from having had job interviews where I was going to have to get, you know, drug tested tested back when I did smoke recreationally. And THC stays in your system, can stay in your system for months. Like it can stay in your system for a very, very long time. And she did not smoke on the day she ran. Right. So that's, that's part of it. It's not like it was, it's not like doping, you know. Yeah. She wasn't like lighting a joint before she went out to run. You know? Right. So initially, Shikari was, though she was banned from running in the 100-meter individual race, she was still potentially eligible to run in the Olympics as part of the relay team. So this would have been at the discretion of the national track and field body, but they made a decision on Tuesday to leave her name off of the roster. So she will not be running in the Olympics at all. So though she was not going to be running in the 100 meter, there was still a chance for her to at least be able to attend the Olympics and run as part of the relay team, and they could have made that call. They yeah. Because there, I think there was, like, three that had to go on, the top three. Yeah. And then they got to choose two runners to be right. on the team. Um, and they chose not to um, have her run. So in a statement, the USATF, which I think is the USA Track and Field Association, okay. said that it was, quote, incredibly sympathetic towards Shakari Richardson's extenuating circumstances <sighs> and fully agrees that international rules regarding marijuana should be reevaluated, but that it cannot make exceptions for her in order to maintain fairness to the other athletes. So she's like, all these other, they're like, all these other athletes followed the rules. Right. Shikari Richardson didn't follow the rules, so we can't make an exception for her. But when are they saying that she smoked the weed? Because what you said in the beginning was that she couldn't smoke before 
a certain time, like on the day of or anything like that. Like, didn't it show up after she ran the drug test and everything like I that? I think the drug test was after she ran, but I'm not sure. But I think the amount she had in her system was still more than they would allow. So, But to- she wasn't competing. That's what I don't understand. Like, if she wasn't actually about to go out and run... Did she smoke after? Like, that's the thing is that I don't, I don't understand the timing of the drug test. That's maybe the thing maybe that's I'm wrong. She did smoke before, but it wasn't the day of the run. So it right. could have been a couple of days before. But it uh, still was in her system enough. Right. And a lot of people are pointing out, like, again, she just went through trauma. And people cope with that in different ways. And where she came from, uh, it was it's legal in many states recreationally or medically in the United States at this point. And she put out a statement basically saying, like, I'm human. Like, I'm a human being. Everybody has their thing. And for this to even... I I get it, whatever. Like, everyone keeps saying, well, the rules are the rules. And I'm like, I fucking get it. But first of all, let's examine why those rules exist. Exactly. In the first place, because they seem pretty fucking racist to me. Uh, 100%. Yeah. There's a a racist history about the origin of criminalizing marijuana in the first place. So why does that rule exist in the first place? I think we need to take uh, a closer look. Yeah, especially if, you know, the United States Track and Field Association is saying that they sympathize and all this kind of stuff and, like, the rule does need to be changed. Well, can we see how you're going to do that? Can, is there talk? Can you tell us that that's something that you're working towards? So at least this isn't going to happen again in four more years. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is if you're wanting to commit to making a change so that this won't happen again, I wish in that statement they would explain how they're going to go about doing that. Well, I don't know if the U.S. Track and Field Association has the ability to make that call because I think that they adhere to the rules of the Olympic U.S. Committee. or the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Right, right, right. And they have said that in addition to substances that trigger performance enhancement, the banned list also includes drugs that can pose health risks to athletes or violate the, quote, spirit of the sport. Oh, so my they're God. Saying, well, that's a huge blanket. You can say anything right. affects the spirit of the sport. Right, right, exactly. Uh. It, it's a total cop-out. And if you're going to do that, then... <laughs> Why not ban alcohol? Yeah. Right? Like, alcohol totally. is, is damaging. Why not ban certain prescription medicines or in certain quantities? You yeah. Know? Like, I just feel like it's such a weird, arbitrary line to draw to say, we actually have banned this, not because it's performance-enhancing, but because we are trying to protect the The athletes athlete. or whatever. Right. What about, like, Michael Phelps, though? Remember when that whole thing went down and came out that he smoked a bunch of weed all the time and still swam like a motherfucker? Like, Yes. I think that the reason why he got away with that was because it was not during a competition period. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's such a... But people were fine with that. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure there were people that were upset, but I don't remember there being the same kind of vitriol toward the person when that happened. It was more so like... I don't know. I almost feel like he got more admiration because of that. Oh, sure. He became like such a bro. Yeah. I feel like. It's the same thing as like Tom Brady now, like after going to Florida, he's like this dad like he's totally kind of changed his persona and he's like so much more likable now and i feel like people have a perception of shikari richardson that is racist first of all and homophobic uh yes yeah and it's because of the way she looks like as an olympic athlete i feel like 
we have this expectation of this cookie cutter kind of athlete, right? Yeah. And she's not that. Like I said, she's got like bright orange hair. She's got long lash extensions. She's got I think piercing. She's got, yeah, she's got like a septum piercing. Like she just looks fucking cool. And she looks like a girl her age. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's amazing that because she knows this, like she knows that in her sport, you're supposed to look a certain way Mm -hmm. or act a certain way. Like I couldn't have had funky colored hair when I was a skater because there's no way my coach would have let me go out on the ice with pink hair. And I'm sure it was discouraged for her as well. I'm sure she had people telling her like, take out your piercings, you know, change your hair. I'm sure she had people telling her that because she drew a lot of attention to herself, um, by doing this and who knows if the reaction to her having smoked weed would be the same if she wasn't essentially a pop culture celebrity at this moment. That, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she's created a lot of enemies just because of her appearance and how good she is that when this came up, it was almost like more fuel to the fire for people to like, not like her. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, but she did put out a statement where she, she her attitude is, so incredible. I can't, I mean, I would be so devastated. You work your whole life to get to this point. You have this incredible moment right after your mom has passed away, right? And you're, you're thinking like, this is it. Yeah, like, I'm getting my moment. to live my dream, yeah. you know? And, um, I would be in bed for a week, you know? Oh yeah. And, and any statement I made would be like, fuck this, fuck that. Fuck, right. Fuck, fuck. Uh, but she said, this is just one games. I'm 21. I'm very young. I have plenty of games left in me to compete in. I have plenty of talent that backs me up because everything I do comes from me naturally. No steroid, no anything. This incident was about marijuana. So after my sanction is up, I'll be back and able to compete. And every single time I step on the track, I'll be ready for whatever anti-doping agency to come and get what it is that they need. Wow. So she's like, look, I've learned from this experience. Yeah. It won't happen again. And when I fucking come back, I'm, I'm going to win destroy more. everything. Yeah. You know, so I think that that is such a, it's such a fucking shitty, stupid situation. And I hate that it's happening. But, but she's so wise. Yeah. Especially to realize that, like, your time isn't done. And I think that we, as Americans and probably in other countries, too, there's something about, like, wanting to be the youngest to do yes. something or doing something young in your, like, when you're in your prime and doing something amazing, like, that's kind of, like, the hero story that a lot of Americans really, really rely upon. Yeah. So the fact that she's like, I have time, I think is really, really amazing. Because yeah. I didn't feel like I no. had time at 21. I was like, I have to be successful, period. Me too. You know? So I think that the fact that she has the foresight to see that she's going to keep winning, she's going to come back, she's obviously strong as hell, both mentally and physically yeah and i really i really hope that this is kind of this case is the catalyst and the benchmark and we can look back in our history and say that you know shikari richardson was changed the game changed the game yeah you know so i'm i'm really hoping that that's the case but all right we gotta just give her all the support we can yeah we can do um i wanted to talk about the murder of samuel louise in spain Uh, This really touched my heart this week, and so I wanted to tell you all a little bit about it. So, Samuel Luiz was a 24-year-old nursing assistant who was born in Brazil but moved to Spain when he was a year old. His mother was Spanish and lived within the vicinity of A Coruña, which is where um, this attack took place. He had studied nursing from the age of 18 to 20 and works as one in a nursing home while studying to become a dental dental. Prosthesist? 
I hate this word. How do you say that word? Prosthesis. Prosthesis. He wants to be a dental prosthetist. <laughs> I think it means dental prosthetics, right? Like, yes. Okay. I just don't like that word. My Me mouth, neither. My mouth doesn't want to make... It's too many T's and I's and S's. Just, yeah, don't like it. He grew up in an evangelical Christian faith, played the flute for the congregation, and because of this, he never came out about his sexuality to his father, and his father has said in an interview that he had only once had a conversation with his son about the possibility of him being gay, but Samuel did not want to continue the conversation. So Samuel and his friend Lena and someone else were like out clubbing um, in Spain one night, and he and Lena went to step outside to smoke, and Samuel, like, video called somebody and then, like, rotated his phone around and was, like, showing his friend the surroundings or whatever. And as he was doing that, a man and a woman walked by and thought Samuel was filming them. The male then walked up to Samuel and said, you either stop filming or I'll kill you, Efsler. Samuel only replied, why are you calling me Efsler before being beaten? Samuel's friend and another man managed to break up the fight, and he asked his friend to help him now find his missing phone. So this, the fight kind of subsided, and he's like, I don't have my phone. So his friend Lena like went to go look for this phone. And in the meantime, the two original attackers returned with 12 others who then beat Samuel Louise to death. And this took place over 15 minutes. An ambulance crew showed up to the scene and attempted to revive Samuel, taking him to the hospital where he later died. Following his murder, protests and demonstrations popped up across Spain in Samuel's honor. The president of Galicia, Alberto Nunez Viejo, Viejo, it's got two O's at the end, which makes me want to say ooh, uh, condemned the crime, but stated that he would not link the killing to homophobia until that had been established. And it will be a judge that will determine if it was a hate crime or not. So were the attackers arrested? I'm getting there. So... On July 7th, so yesterday in our world, two days ago in podcasting world, three people have been arrested by Spanish police, and the investigation is ongoing. They've interviewed, I think, like 13 people, they said, about the situation, because there were the two originals, and they brought 12 people back, and then I think it's also the friend would be the other witness of what they're investigating. Two men and one woman are under arrest, and they are between the ages of 20 and 25, and they... And they are suspected of direct participation in the attack. Police aren't ruling out the possibility of more arrests and are basing the investigation, like I said, oh, from 15 witness statements, mobile phone video, as well as security camera footage. So right now, they don't know whether or not to treat this as a hate crime or not, even though it was painfully obvious to everyone in the surroundings that it was a homophobic attack. Because the guy didn't like that he thought this guy was filming him. Right. I mean, there is there a possibility that he may have attacked him anyway? Like, there's a possibility. However, the fact that he used a slur during the attack would would make it appear... It was before the attack, too. Like, when he came up to him, he was like, what are you filming, F-word? Right. You know what I mean? So he's coming up to him with that you know, knowledge. He's yes. assuming this person is gay, which he is. Yes. Um, and using that as a means to attack him. Right. You know, it's it's straight white men feeling insecure about a gay guy filming him, even though he wasn't. He was just, like, showing his buddy the surroundings on his phone. He got his, you know, masculinity hurt 
It's so bizarre. Yeah, and he and, like, I would assume it's maybe, like, a girlfriend or something like that just immediately turned and started beating the crap out of him. And then they finally managed to pull him away, and then 12 more people came. That is so and bizarre. And it was, like, a mob. It, it's, I, I haven't seen any video. I haven't gone into any of that. I've read about it, and it sounds, I mean, it went on for 15 minutes. Like, it's just absolutely Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think of a reason why it wouldn't be. be, And I I guess a a judge is going to be the one to decide that. So maybe other law enforcement can't come out and say that it was a hate crime unless the judge has looked over the case and said it. I mean, we're in Spain. We're not in the U.S. So I don't know if things work differently where they can't use that term unless it's been proven that it's a hate crime. That's kind of what How I'm thinking. How do you thinking. prove that, though? Like, that's... To me, it's always been very strange, the concept that you can prove... W- short of someone saying, yes, it was a hate crime. Yes, I attacked that person because I didn't like them because of their sexual orientation or their gender or, or their, their race. race or, right? Yeah. Unless somebody actually says that, you have to look at the evidence of the circumstance to determine whether or not it is a hate crime, right? And I'm hoping that that's what they're doing by going through all these interviews and mobile phone videos. I'm hoping that, you know, bystanders got video. You know, hopefully there's enough out there that will make it clear uh, the intent of this attack. And if it wasn't a hate crime, it would just be a total random fucking killing that makes no sense you know what i mean i so i'm hoping that the judge in spain does the right thing I mean, uh, by the deceased ra- random killings happen but yeah first for them to go up to him and immediately start throwing around slurs yeah it just seems unlikely that it was about something else no i'm i mean i'm 100 on the team of it was for sure a hate crime i just don't know the legality of you know, law enforcement or a lawyer or somebody coming out and saying that right. in Spain. Because I know that there is some, there is some, like, procedure you have to go through in the United States, too, I believe. Yes. To figure out, you know, to, to qualify to qualify as a hate mm-hmm. crime, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm wondering if because it did happen so, you know, recently yeah that maybe we just don't have all that information yet and i was working all day today so i wasn't able to look up any updates on whether or not there were more arrests or if the investigation has gone further so this is all from wednesday when i did my notes about the attack so definitely you know have a google alert for samuel louise um I haven't been seeing him a whole lot on Instagram. Only a few friends of mine have posted anything about it. It doesn't seem like it's getting quite the attention in the U.S. that I think it deserves. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I mean, not obviously, surprising. Yeah, but well, but but not entirely obviously because there are things that happen overseas, right, where they get massive attention in the United States. But are they exactly? Like, are they going to be supporting you know a homophobic? hate crime. You know what I mean? I think that especially you right. know, the U.S. being as homophobic as it is, not giving as much attention to that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I mean. It's just like, I'm not surprised that it hasn't received the same kind of media attention that even other international crimes yeah. um, or crimes that don't take place in the United States do receive here. So right. that's a shame. And, you know, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. We will keep an eye on that. Uh, yeah. And He's hopefully... a sweetie and had so much, like... 
has so much promise, and I know everybody does, but it's like I hear about all the time he spent in school, and he's paying his way to go back to school by working in a nursing home, and it's like you just hear all these little tidbits about someone's life, and it just makes you, it tugs at your heartstrings even more, knowing how that person ended their lives like it's just yeah it's so infuriating it's tragic it it's is genuinely tragic, tragic. Yeah. i feel horrible for his friends that were there and witnessed it i can't imagine i can't imagine the guilt of being like okay i'm gonna go and look for your phone i'm gonna walk over there and then like seconds later your friend is just and gone. she couldn't have she couldn't have known i mean no there's no well they thought it was over you know what i mean so it's like yeah why would you think that they would come back no you know? of course not it's, it's like okay that's over let's go find my phone i want to go home like that's probably the situation that was going on yeah and then i don't know how they got those 12 other people so fast but they it must have been nearby yeah and that's always something to me too i almost saw a fight when i was in vegas by the way oh god uh we were like don't turn around just keep walking uh but it's always amazing to me the ability to get people involved in a situation like that, where, yeah. like, you just have people on hand who are like, yeah, I'll go beat someone to death with you. Like, Absolutely that is absurd. Wild. It's truly wild Well, to me. you know, I guess, like, everybody needs to have company somewhere. You know, maybe that's the, maybe if they were friends, that's the reason they're friends. They have similar worldviews that are yeah. shitty. You know yeah. what I mean? So it isn't so much, like, looking for strangers and being, like hey, who wants to beat up this gay kid? Right. You know, you already know that you'll that people will have your back and yeah. things like that. I'm just amazed that they were able to convene so quickly and be so... I just... Beating someone to death, like, God, Brutal. how do you... How can you do that to a person? You have so many opportunities to stop. Because it's so personal, too. Because, yeah. you know, it's not detached. It's not even... It's not poison. It's not a gun, even, where you have some distance. Like, it's so up close and personal. Uh, it's, it's hate. So and it's rageful. Hateful. Yeah, yes, it's hateful. exactly. Yeah. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, So absolutely. Uh, okay, well, I have one more thing to talk about that I wanted to bring up. Partially because I am off of social media right now. I deactivated my Facebook. I tried to deactivate my Instagram, but they won't let me do it for a week. So I am just... They, they need you to, like, think about it first and be like, are you sure? Well, what happened was, and so I'll give this this note to anybody who wants to deactivate their yeah. Instagram. You have to do it from Instagram.com, from, like, a web browser. Can't do it from your phone. You can't do it from the app. So I was Got on it. my phone, but I went to Instagram.com. I deactivated it successfully, and then I went to hold the app down to remove it from my from my phone screen, from right. the home screen, and it opened the app. And when it opened the app, it re-logged me in. So oh. then when I went to go when I went to go deactivate it again, they say you can only deactivate your account once a week. Oh. So now I have to wait a week. But regardless, I'm not checking it. Um, I just really feel like you know, I deleted it from my phone. I'm not checking it. And I just feel like it's, first of all, for me, it had become such a massive waste of time. <laughs> like I was just finding myself opening it or Facebook or whatever, just to open scroll it and scroll and, yeah. and look at it. And it wasn't making me feel good. Right. Like, it wasn't making me feel good about life. Well, and it's such a time suck, too, because I feel like if you're looking down at your phone and you just kind of, you lose track of time. You're scrolling, you're scrolling, you're scrolling, and then you look up and you're like, oh, fuck, it's an hour later. And for what? You exactly. know, that's, that's the other part of it. And it was also like, I'm reading 
I'm reading comments, like tons of comments and Ugh. stuff, and I'm like, why am I doing... Why are you reading comments? Max does that too on like random posts. I always read comments on everything, on, no, on I never YouTube do. videos, on everything, and so... I don't need to know everybody's opinion no. on everything all the time. And in addition to that, and that will lead us to what I'm going to talk about right now, is it was just making me feel like shit about myself. Yeah. Like, it was just not making me feel good about the way I look, about my life. Like, it was just not serving the purpose that I feel like social, social media, media should, should serve yeah. in your life. And so for that reason, I'm taking a break from it. And I feel really good about taking a break from it. Good. But I had heard that Norway, actually, recently, this last week, they legislators in Norway have passed new regulations requiring influencers and advertisers to label retouched photos in a bid to fight unrealistic beauty standards. Thank God. Yes. So under the recently passed rules, advertisements where a body's shape, skin, or, um, sorry, a body's shape, size, or skin has been retouched, even through a filter before a photo is taken, will need a standardized label designed by the Norwegian Ministry of Children and Family Affairs. And what happens if they don't? They will get fined. They could, they could get jail time. Uh, for people who are... like repeat offenders? Repeat offenders. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Way to go, Norway. It's, it's intense. But examples of manipulations requiring labeling include enlarging your lips, narrowing your waist, or exaggerating muscles. Um, the law also covers images from influencers and celebrities if they, quote, receive any payment or other benefit in relation to a post, including on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and Twitter. So I think this is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, in general, you know, you can say, like, speculate about... Oh, what it's really going to accomplish or not because yeah they're and whether or not it's taking away freedoms or you know different things right. like that but i think you can still post what you want to post at the very bottom just add that little hashtag add whatever you yeah. do you're still putting out into the world a retouched photo and all that kind of stuff but it is it's just letting people know that like hey this isn't the real me and i think that's a great idea i i do too because you know, even if we're not trying to do it, for instance, I had found this filter on Instagram and it was like, I, I was like, ah, I just woke up. I want to post something on my story, but I, I'm just like, I just want something that kind of like smooths everything out. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just like, ah, I just, whatever. And so I did it. I found a filter that was like no filter filter or something. Yeah. Like I think I have that one too. <laughs> and I, I did it Yeah, and I took a picture and I was like, yeah, it just looks like me, but like with a, a little smooth out, like smooth if I had out. some makeup on or, you know, right. whatever. But then I looked closer at it, and I noticed that my nose was smaller, mm. my lips were bigger, and my face was slimmer. This is a no-filter filter. That's mm -hmm. what it's called, right? And it really made me kind of spiral out about, like, even on things that aren't supposed to change the way you look. Yeah. We can't escape it. Uh -uh. It's in everything. And what does that say? That says that my nose should be smaller. My exactly. lips should be bigger. My face should be thinner. You know, and it doesn't... I think filters are fine. I think they're fun. I mean, we did a whole face filters right. episode, you right. know. Right. But it's damaging whenever you're being fed that even when you don't want to be. Like, yeah. you know, so I think... It is good to put a disclaimer on there and just say, look, I like the way I look like this, but just so you know, it's retouched. Yeah. And that could mean anything. You don't have to say specifically what was retouched. Totally. You just have to 
put that disclaimer on there so people aren't out here act, feeling like that's what you look th- that's what you should look like yeah you know um or, or that's what they look like because it's not at it's all really not yeah uh there was a a thing that went viral it was something that kim kardashian posted it was an ad for like her skims or whatever yeah. and she does this thing she's laying on her side and she does this thing where she runs her finger up the side of her body okay and you can see it when she's doing that when it goes across where like her hip meets her waist uh-huh. her finger glitches and it's this weird like long wavy finger uh. right because she had put a body filter on yep so it doesn't they don't do with movement yeah. so but you have an entire generation of young people who think that Kim Kardashian looks like that and yeah. she doesn't look she like doesn't. that she doesn't yeah you know? and i actually just watched um a clip from their interview with, uh, what's his name? Andy, Watch What Happens Live. What's his uh, name? Cohen. Andy, is it Andy Cohen? Yeah. I was going to say that, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But he asked the Kardashians if they believe that they are perpetuating unhealthy beauty standards. And Kim is like, well, we're the ones that do the work. We really care about our health. We eat right. We work out. And, and I'm like, and that is not, but this, that's the thing that drives me crazy is when people point to beauty standards as being health they don't equate well and regardless that's not what you're doing and no. you know it you know exactly filters are part unless of your she brand. believes her own bullshit which she very much could but she knows she's putting filters on her pictures like that's the thing is like you know you're doing it like yeah. you know that there's a body filter on that image so for you to say it's all working out is again that in, that statement in itself is perpetuating unhealthy unrealistic beauty standards well, because, because it you does are telling girls that if you work out hard enough you can look like this and that's not true because you don't even look like that no, like <laughs> none of them do none of them look like themselves anymore it's absolutely crazy and i just ugh. i hate when people throw around like fitness and health being one in the same it's like it's not the fucking same and it's honestly like saying that like yeah girls you need to spend six hours a day doing crunches doing leg lifts doing push-ups to look like me and then you'll be successful once you look like me yeah, just none of to that me, is that's true. It, and, you know? and they don't even do it anyway so the whole thing is null and void it's just and it's all bullshit their fucking job they have all the time in the world, they have personal gyms, they have personal trainers, they have people to cook their food. That's not our reality. And they have plastic surgery, let me tell you. Exactly. Kim's, Out the wazoo. And there's nothing wrong with that, but no. you just be honest but about it. But don't claim that you've done nothing but work out and right. eat right. Yes. Yeah. Bullshit Just to me. be honest about it so that other people have realistic expectations about what their bodies are supposed to be like and look like. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the whole thing drives me nuts. But... The point is, good on Norway. They're doing this in an effort to curb um, unhealthy beauty standards. Uh, so it's going to go into effect a little later on this year. Yeah. And I'm for it. And I think that we should do something similar in this country. They're a little concerned that it might lead to a rise in plastic surgery so that people don't have to put disclaimers on their photos. They'll just right. get surgery and then... Well, again, but, then it's only going to be for people that have the money exactly. that are going to be able to do the plastic surgery. So then I guess it's kind of like... It's elitist in a way. But, it's elitist, but then at the same time, I think you also have to realize that when you're on the Instagram page of someone who has a lot of money... You always have to look at everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. You know? Like, there's, yeah. there's isn't reality in that for you and I. Yes. You know? And so, I guess I'll end this, since I started it talking about the fact that I'm not on social media right yeah. now, is to say, because I know we have a lot of younger listeners in our demographic, 
just be very mindful of what you are consuming online, how you are consuming it, and take everything, you should take everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Know that the life that you are seeing, even not even just from big influencers, the life you are seeing me post on my Instagram is not the full story of my life or right. who I am or yeah. how good or bad things are going. Yeah. So if you think that your life isn't good enough because you're comparing it to everybody else's, their lives aren't like that either. No. <laughs> it's just the way that it it's is. It's really, really not. Oh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another What's in the News episode. If there's anything that you would like for us to talk about in the future, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. I will be checking those. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and like and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And the thing we appreciate the absolute most, the way that you can help us out, is to leave us a positive five star review on apple Podcasts, and you will be featured on our instagram for reviews day tuesday all right that's all we got for you today with all that being said we encourage you to rage on bye hey it's may whitman and i play frankie in the new realm podcast the sisters the sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.